Welcome to the Give a Fuck podcast. My name is Ricardo. And I'm Liz. And together we're having conversations looking at some of the big issues in the world affecting us and seeing how we can become engaged, stay active, stop becoming apathetic about it or numbing out. In this episode, we're going to discuss a very important topic, which is the patriarchy. So let's see what we have to say about it and which discussions we're going to raise. Let's see if you get this or if it's totally obvious to you. So, uh, father and son Mm. are in a car accident. The father's uh, more badly injured. He gets taken to a hospital further away. Uh, The son's not so badly injured. He gets taken to a hospital nearby, a local hospital. Mm. Surgeon comes in and says, but I can't operate on this boy. This is my son. Who's the surgeon? I already heard that before, but I know <laughs> with the pressure of speaking out. <laughs> so much pressure. <laughs> Who's the doctor? Ah, the mother. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. This is like one of the oldest, well, no, it's not one of the oldest riddles, but it's been around since the 70s. And it's so funny how I've been testing it this week mm. and how many people you catch out with it because they'll be like, well, maybe... Maybe a priest, maybe this happened, maybe that happened. And we're so trained <laughs> to uh, still see a surgeon or a doctor yeah. as being the man. And you can turn the riddle around as well where there's a nurse that comes in and yeah. it turns out it's the dad, but people never think it's the yeah. dad. And it's really interesting just how in that split second. Yeah, and it's not, it, it's, it's not only um, a man, but it's like a white heterosexual man. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And it's so many of these really deeply ingrained Mm -hmm. ideas that I think we all carry. And that's the patriarchy, really. Yes, that's the patriarchy. That's what we're going to be talking about for the next (laughs) minutes. (laughs) So I wanted to also read this quote from Bell Hooks that says, learning to wear a mask, that word is already embedded in the term masculinity is the first lesson in patriarchal masculinity that a boy learns. He learns that his core feelings cannot be expressed if they do not conform to the acceptable behaviors sexism defines as male. So it's interesting how I, I also started to think about patriarchy you know like in the last few years the term is popping up more like we've seen a lot of like people um, really uh, talking deeply about it and it's crazy how I started to also connect to my personal experience because I started to notice the damages that the patriarchal system caused on me as I used to feel I was not worth or capable and how that is somehow connected to the fact that I secretly identified myself as homosexual since I'm a child and how I felt always inferiority because I was growing up in a not only patriarchal but a system that encouraged homophobia, sexism and racist jokes and how everything is taken as normal and how you also have, even though you're growing as 
uh, homosexual, you also think in a homophobic way, you know? How the system is constructed that you also cannot find your way out to understand yourself, to, to identify yourself as you truly are because everything around it doesn't give you room for that to happen. Exactly. So many women are misogynist, sexist. Yeah. So let's define patriarchy straight off because it's come back in the past maybe three years. It was like this term that was used by feminists such as Bell Hooks in the 70s. It was used in the 80s and then it went out of fashion and now it's come back and we keep hearing patriarchy, patriarchy. Basically, it's... Uh, system, this entrenched system of denying women's rights on every single level in many ways that are so intrinsic that you can't see it and in ways that are so deep in our psyche that we don't even realize and mm. that tips over into really big systems of inequality, mm. tips into homophobia, racism very linked to white supremacy which I think as a collective we're starting to unravel just now. It's very linked to ideas of hierarchy and domination. Mm -hmm. And it's this basic idea that women are worth less than men. Mm -hmm. And it can be perpetrated by women just as much as men. Mm -hmm. And I think in what you said and the way that you also had these homophobic ideas inside you. Why is that? Because... So much of homophobia is seeing gay men as effeminate. Mm -hmm. What's the worst thing you can be is, yeah. as a man? Be like a woman. Uh -huh. You know? It's, it's like the most embarrassing thing that you can be. And it still persists. Last week, I was in one of these cosmetic studios in Berlin where they do manicures, pedicures, all the rest of it. And one of the women who was working there, her son came to visit, mm. but he came really quickly and raced out again because he didn't want his dad to know that he'd been there because his mm. dad found it embarrassing for his son to go to a cosmetic studio oh where his mother works because it's such an effeminate place. Oh my and God. <laughs> I mean, this is on the, on the light end of that yeah, scale. Yeah, yeah of but course. Is... But still, like, years and years of therapy in adult life to kind of deconstruct all these traumas that are generated by these simple, quoted, simple comments of fathers and men in general you know like yeah and this idea of the weaker sex look at the bible eve was constructed from adam's rib yeah. you know and there's no system i'm just going to say there's no system because i can't think of any but there's no system in the world right now that doesn't subjugate women and see women as the lower sex there's no religion where there's not prejudice and discrimination against women there's no capitalist system at the moment in the world where women aren't seen as inferior. Mm. And it's crazy because like, as we grow up in these societies that are very patriarchal, we don't think that there's an alternative system to that, you know, like why we are growing up. Of course, now we're discussing that and trying to disrupt that one step at a time. <laughs> But like, if you think, it is being said that also patriarchy as a social system came into being approximately 10, 12,000 years ago. So before that, there was this feeling of equality, you know, like, and they say it's kind of coincided with the advent of agriculture, you know, that's mm -hmm. when it kind of started. And that's what we've been living since then, actually.
Owning property, because that, that, that's when you owned property, you didn't mm -hmm. share yeah. the resources and you owned your field, your piece of land, mm. and that was then the man. Yeah, a lot of connection to planning, owning, power, and then ego. Who has more? Who, yeah. you know, who uh, inherits? Who yeah. inherits the land? Who, who's allowed to own property? When a woman's married, she takes the man's name because she becomes his property. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So all of that, which is nowadays a system that kind of oppresses instead of creating dialogues. I think like for me, patriarchy is really like this. It doesn't leave room for fluidity, you know. It needs to always have uh, ego and power involved and it always has to do like with oppression of something else or someone else. Yeah, to be the bigger one, to be the more powerful one, you need the weaker one. Exactly. And that works. Uh, all this dominance and power also, they kind of end up working like a drug, you know? Like you see all these business guys, especially like how they want to grow business, grow power, grow status, you know? Like almost they are taking lines of cocaine, you know? They want more, 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 more. Yeah, and it's so tied in with all of our belief systems about the world at the moment, this idea of growth, this idea of having to be the best and mm -hmm. to succeed and, and so on. And it's all so tied into these, yeah. these ideas about patriarchy. And what shocks me is when you just look at what we've learned to accept. Mm -hmm. And I know patriarchy is bigger, but if you just look at what we've learned to accept is normal for women. So... I'm going to throw, throw some statistics at yeah, you. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> so, 35% of women worldwide have experienced domestic or sexual violence. There's no society in the world where there's no domestic or sexual violence recorded mm. from men to women. That means one in three women yeah. have experienced that. In most European countries, over half of all the female murder victims are killed by an intimate partner, relative or family member. The most dangerous people for women who are at risk are the people that they know, that are closest wow. to them. Statistic, 3,500 domestic violence-related deaths in the EU every year. Oh That's nine people a day. There are men who are killed by women. It's much rarer. Yeah. So nine victims a day, and we accept that. In Eastern, Southeastern European countries, 70% of women say they have experienced some form of violence from a man since they were 15. We go on to sexual harassment, you know, mm. explain walking home at night to a mm. man. There's a comedian called Russell Howard who did a brilliant clip on it, we'll link to it. It's a guy walks home at night from a bar or a club and he's thinking about getting home. A woman's there with her keys out, with her phone ready, mm. with all kinds of like emergency strategies ready. Yeah. Then we look at work life. 4.7% of CEOs in Europe are women, so less than 5% are underrepresented in politics. The gender pay gap in Europe, women earn 15% less than men mm -hmm. across the board, meaning that for two months a year, they work for free. Wow. It's proven women get different medical treatment, their pain isn't taken as seriously as men. Property ownership, period poverty. Period poverty, that women are too poor to buy sanitary products for periods. It's a huge problem. Scotland just became the very first country to offer period products for uh -huh, free. For free, yeah. And I mean, you could look at every single sector and just see these things that we just accept. And if you look at that for, for women of colour, for black women, it's exponentially worse. So it's we just accept it's like this and then we think, oh yeah, progress, progress is happening. And it's just going to be this upward curve and if we just sit and wait, then things will get better. 
But actually, rights are being rolled back. If you yeah. look at abortion rights in Alabama and Georgia, they've been completely rolled back. Northern Ireland has the strictest abortion, not even rights, the abortion laws in the whole world where women don't even have the opportunity to make decisions about their own body. In India, there's a rape epidemic. Countries that are at war, rape is systematically used as a weapon of war. Mm -hmm. That was a big mix of different statistics, but I just find it incredible that this is a world where we accept that that's... Yeah, that's the case. And that we're only, I mean, like, of course, there were always visionaries already talking about it in the past, but it's only now in 2000, like in this decade that we started like a wider debate about whether this is correct or not, you know, like, and then finally we're going towards a disruption of the system. It's funny when you were talking about sexual harassment, I remember this just like a pop culture reference but it was one of the best things i saw recently in a series it's a scene from sex education this series on netflix where the girls get together and they all like confess that something that had happened with all of them was actually that they all had been sexually abused and they all go to this junkyard and they smash a car together you know and then it's playing like make your own kind of music by Cass Elliot in the background and they're like just furious like all together smashing this car you know which is kind of a symbol of patriarchy you know okay. I find it so so nice you know like that because of the whole series if you I, I was like thinking I would have enjoyed so much to have watched that as a teenager, you know, uh, we are growing up with poor references compared to all these new series that are made for young people where they bring so much of these concepts, you know, and references about feminism and disrupting also homophobia and uh, racism and stuff. So I find it uh, so interesting also. I'm eager to see hopefully what this new generation is going to do in terms of changing these statistics, you know. Yeah, I think there's a lot of cause for hope at the moment. It's also some regression because it's yeah. always this double-edged sword. So yeah. I think the Me Too movement that was started by all of the allegations against Harvey Weinstein, mm. who is now a convicted rapist, but it took over a hundred women yeah. to step up and say, I'm willing to share my very private traumatic experience. Over a hundred women. And the guy's still there going, no, no, it was all consensual. Mm. And, and, and there's doubt about whether it was, you know. Yeah. Or uh, Crosby, I think 67 women said, okay, we'll testify. We're, mm. we're willing to go to court, you know. And it, it takes this massive amount yeah. of women to be believed that yeah. this happened. But on the flip side, Me Too started them being this collective sharing of, well, this happened, this happened. Let's start getting this out into the open. Let's start talking yeah. about it. There's pages like Everyday Sexism that talk about what happens to women on a daily basis. And so there's definitely this conversation happening. Mm -hmm. Then there's also the flip side, that there's this whole group of white men mm -hmm. who've started talking about how they're the, the most discriminated group that is because feminists have taken over. Oh, yeah, it's sure. It's like all these um, sure. incels. Incel stands for uh, involuntary celibate, which is every terrorist attack there's been where it's been... Uh, a guy doing it, whether it's been an Islamic fundamentalist, whether it's been a white supremacist, whether it's just been a crazy guy. The one thing that connects them all is that they have documented hatred against women and violence against women in their past. Mm. Where I'm like, wow, okay, that, that's also quite crazy that these 
these guys feel so intimidated by the structures that are starting to, they're not even falling down, they're just yeah. starting to crack. Yeah. That that they're then resorting to violence and, and saying all this stuff about women. And I mean, the structures are still in place. There's a president of the United States who talks about grabbing women by the pussy. Mm-hmm. The prime minister in the UK said horrendously sexist. You know, it's, yeah. I don't see the whole structure of patriarchy falling. There's been the first sort of taps in the in the facade maybe but suddenly there's this fear of yeah. of giving up that power maybe but i mean if this fear exists is because there is a counter movement that's strong enough to cause this fear you know and as also like this the feminist cause is also being aligned with the lgbtq cause like, uh, trans rights and even races i think it's yeah minorities which is not necessarily minorities because yeah. if we are all together like kind of fighting against it we're gonna be the majority yeah. you know so and also women aren't a minority yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> so yeah but yeah it's seen as minority minority rights maybe that's what's needed these like really extreme expressions of patriarchy these really misogynist political leaders Mm. or these really strong expressions of capitalism and the one percent and this wealth and so on and all, all of this movement towards like women being portrayed in like this really sexist way, you know, also like porn culture. Yeah. I mean, women's sexual needs or, or even sexual agency is written out of most porn because they're sort of more there as, as a vessel, really. Yeah. You know, it's like just as, to be there as a sort of doll almost, which is also changing, of course, there's like different aspects to that. But this whole like over sexualization of women, mm. we're also. You're not allowed to be too sexual, but you have to be sexual enough to be desired. But if you're too sexual, then obviously you're asking for it and you're asking for trouble. You know, it's yeah, like, yeah, it's like all horrible. of these like really complicated tight ropes that, that you're trying to navigate all the time. But as, as you say, maybe this is like the moment where these voices that haven't been heard for a long time could come together and start being heard. And I see a lot of movement towards working on understanding white supremacy and how deeply held that is and a lot of the women's movement and feminist movement really reconsidering how much racism there's also been within those movements even when fighting for women's rights it's been Mm. for white women's rights and how much reconsideration there is of that so perhaps this is the beginning of the of the tipping point yeah, yeah, for sure, like uh, seeds, but at least seeds. It's interesting also, like in this masculinity culture, how lots of these kind of circles started to emerge, you know, like, of course, lots of them are kind of erroneous and like even they even praise more, you know, masculine culture. But I think there's also like men that are trying to understand trying to somehow change themselves because they also realize how much of their potential or their feminine energy is suppressed and how that also caused so many traumas and that how that also contributed to, to the whole continuity of uh, patriarchy. So I think maybe inspired by sisterhood circles, men are getting together, you know, like to kind of express feelings, you know, and talk about it. I haven't 
been to any and I don't intend to <laughs> just mention it. <laughs> I think they're it. a great idea. I think mean, why why should why should women meet in circles and men not? Mm. <laughs> well it depends on what they're discussing, you know, like so maybe we should have uh, kind of supervision on yeah. <laughs> what they're actually doing. Well I think any kind of self reflection, if a man's willing to reflect on his own ingrained sexism that he's grown up with, mm. then that's got to be welcomed because that also links into ideas of what his own place is yeah, in yeah. society, which also links into all kinds of phobias, homophobia or racism or a- any idea about equality and inequality. I think it's to be welcomed, any guy that's really willing to do that that kind of work. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. It's um, a system that oppresses instead of creating dialogues are a way of disrupting already like the beginning, you know, it might be the beginning of the change because it's also not about just then oppressing men, you know. It needs, again, like uh, I always bring the education factor, but I think uh, that's what I believe that is the only thing that can really change things. So how can we educate also men that have a very... very patriarchal energy or behavior to kind of start cracking and like opening up yeah and also seeing that it's it's not one and the same thing because i think women have been sold this idea of feminism meaning that you can have it all and you're just as good as the men meaning you also strive for for the same things and work you you do this and it's ended up with just leading to burnout because trying to be mothers, trying to look after children, trying to work within the patriarchal system, trying to get ahead, trying to do, do all these things. And it just means that the list of tasks and, and things that women have to do is just so huge. And there's this term of emotional labor where you're constantly thinking about what needs to be done. And, and I don't think, I think we're getting away from this idea that women, you're just as good as men or you're just the same as men. But actually, it needs to be the structure has to change mm-hmm. to allow more yeah, feminine energy, more female energy totally. in this, because that's not related to gender, I don't think. That's, yeah, that's also totally. related to how you express that in yourself uh-huh. and how you accept that. And it seems that at some point there's been this huge fear of the unleashed feminine and mm. the power that has. And you see that in any kind of discussion about feminine sexuality, you see it about birth discussions in any kind of female power. Mm. And I think that's led to this fear of women then oppressing men, Mm. whereas actually the aim isn't that anyone oppresses each other, it's that we find a different model for society where there's not this this oppression. Through discussion, yeah, and uh, and education and getting together. And building a new system. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe dialogue. I mean, I don't know how I would how I would speak to an incel. I don't know if how how you convince a guy with such hatred for women because yeah. he sees them at fault for him being celibate, mm. not getting any. I don't know how you speak to them, but maybe it's about also calling out what you see mm-hmm. every day. Because do you call out homophobic remarks? Anytime you in, you're in the situation and you notice it, uh, depends on the situation. I had recently in my previous job 
situation where someone made a little comment that was totally unnecessary. I actually, even though it's 2020 and I'm 32 years old and I shouldn't feel offended and it's not that I necessarily felt offended, it's not the case, but it just caused discomfort, you know. So out of the discomfort, I kind of made another joke on top, calling the guy the chief uh, discrimination officer or something. But I don't know, it's just like, since this comment happened, I cannot really engage with this person anymore. So mm. like, I don't know if people are aware how damaging comments like that, especially at work, you know, how much... Uh, yeah, not only discomfort, but some sort of pain can cause. So whenever I am in like, uh, de de depending on the situation, of course, I will call out, you know, especially when I'm um, with my family, you know, because then I have totally openness to kind of bring them a new perspective from, yeah, being like in living in another country and bringing new perspectives. So I, of course, with them, I'm super open and I tell them directly, you know, but also like since I came out, like, they're really careful what, with what they say. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. it's hard because whenever I think about it, I think that would be one way to start, just to highlight it. Every time you hear sexist comment yeah. or a discriminatory comment, but then what, what you hear as a woman, what you hear all the time is, oh, you can't take a joke. Mm, oh, no, that's stupid. It was, I hate this it, it was just It was just meant to be a joke. Well, actually, no, because you're perpetrating this, yeah. you're furthering this system, you're furthering yeah. these beliefs every yeah. time you make a stupid exactly. joke. And of course, it's often a joke, but yeah. why, why, why resort to that? I've read that one way of responding to that is just to say, oh, I didn't understand. I'm sorry, can you explain that to me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and let's see what happened. Yeah, and it's easy to get this label of being this really serious yeah. feminist who um, no sense of humor no sense know? of humor and she she just wants to cut down men and burn her bra and what what have you and maybe also if more men also reflect on that and become allies as well yeah and we're just in general more aware of it but then the comment comes straight away, oh, it's political correctness gone mad, you can't say anything anymore, mm. you can't speak. Maybe that's the beginning, just calling it out when you see it. Yeah, totally. Calling it out when you see it for other people, when you see it happening with other people, mm -hmm. and beginning with that, the, that you examine every time that, that happens. Yeah, totally. And another perspective that I'm, as I'm, I'm starting my, my own businesses and becoming a, an entrepreneur, like... I really wanna always focus on on supporting, you know, like and engaging more and more with uh, not only women but also trans and people from the LGBT community, you know, like people from different uh, ethnicities, and to also yeah give opportunities, you know, that sometimes are not given when people when the board is too white and male, you know. Yeah, and that's I think that's what we need. We need to see people like us in positions of power or in some kind of positions yeah. of influence and if you look in the, in the US the democratic candidates now who just stood it's still it's going to be an old white man mm. who becomes the candidate but for the first time there was a gay candidate mm. who, who stood for the very first time there's in Europe for the first time there's gay prime ministers yeah. that, that was never there before. There's more female political leaders in positions of power. There are more girls 
mm-hmm. coming to the forefront. It's not just Greta who's a climate activist. There are so many girls who've taken yeah. this uh, mantle of climate activism and, and are becoming the, the, the voice of that. Or also, if, if you look at RuPaul, he's, he's, yeah. <laughs> he's made drag queen totally mainstream, yeah. you know? And it's just having different voices yeah. mixed so that it's not just constantly old white men. Yes. <laughs> That's what we want to see. <laughs> That's what we want to see and I am really hopeful, as I already mentioned during the, this conversation, that things are really changing and I think also next generations are bringing more and more, I think, uh, are also fighting automatically for all these causes. So yeah, really looking forward to see the change and uh, also looking forward to engage more and more. Exactly, helping. that's the thing, not being complacent that change is going to come, but engaging yeah. with it ourselves. Thank you very much for listening. This was our conversation this week. And uh, yeah, uh, please reach out to us through email. You can check our email address here in the description of the podcast or reach out to, to us on Instagram. We are really looking forward to have some feedback and continue the conversation that we're starting here. So see you next time.